No mai, hari mai, ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Just some traffic for you. Uh, now, a breakdown on State Highway 16 until five minutes ago was blocking the middle left eastbound lane before the Lincoln Road off-ramp. Um, but I just see, uh, as of yeah, just a few minutes ago, the breakdown is now clear of lines. But uh, there will be some traffic build up there, so do take care. On the roads uh, uh, on the northwestern in Auckland, also, State Highway 1 has now reopened to southbound traffic. State Highway 1 remains closed to northbound traffic between Potahanui and Pakakariki. Northbound traffic, please continue to detour via State Highway 69. Today on the panel, it's been a tough month for job losses. Zero Warehouse Group, Today FM, Easy Buy in Administration. What is the signalling about the economy? Is your job safe? That just after four. Also, a new report says a nationwide program to refit unhealthy homes would pay off big time. But it would cost. And fewer kids are getting into sport. Why? It's all about the cost. What does it say when grassroots sport becomes a barrier? That on the show today. And the mobile phone is 50 years old today. Can you recall your first phone? Here's mine. Yeah, the 1995 Nokia 1610. Can you recall life before cell phones? How did you meet up? Explain to us. And the song whisperer this afternoon, we give you the lyrics, you guess the song. Here they are. Will you stand above me? Look my way. Never love me. Rain keeps falling. Rain keeps falling. Down, down, down. Text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With us, Bupsi Moran, an urban strategist and founder of Places for Good, which is a community engagement a collective. Uh, Bupsi, kia ora. Good kia to ora. have you here. Thank also, you for having me. Also, the president of Federated Farmers, no less, on the panel, Andrew Hogard. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. All right, we're all here this afternoon to this. There was Action Plus at the Australian Grand Prix in front of a record-breaking crowd in Melbourne. Half a million spectators over four days. Formula One right now, it's on a roll. In Formula One, you need to be able to adapt. When you need to be aggressive, you need to be aggressive. When you need to be smooth, you need to be smooth. When I'm in the car, I will never give up. Max Verstappen, how are you feeling about being in the chair? Um, it's quite comfortable, so. That is Drive to Survive, Netflix, an incredibly produced behind-the-scenes series. Max Verstappen won in Melbourne, but only after the race came to an end behind the safety car. With us is Benjamin Carroll from Talk Motorsport. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Th- thank you very much, Wallace. First, what a shambolic Grand Prix, Benjamin. The world champion dismissed it as a mess. How did you see it? Uh, I don't think I'd, I'd describe it as shambolic. Uh, it, it's got what Formula One's all about, drama, uh, um, politics, yeah. uh, fantastic racing. Um, unfortunately, yes, a few red flags, but um, I'd describe it as dramatic rather than shambolic. Yeah, and wasn't it amazing to see, uh, uh, for the fans, to see Lewis Hamilton, Verstappen and Fernando Alonso all on that podium? Well, exactly. you got um, three multiple world champions on the podium. What, what better result? 
As a long-time motorsports follower, what do you make of Formula One's newfound resurgence? There are people talking to me about Formula One, which I never would have thought they'd be talking to me about cars. Uh, look, I, I agree uh, exactly with what you're saying, Wallace. Um, I, I'm quite amazed at the number of people I know who I'd never talked to Formula One about, and uh, and they're watching the Netflix Drive to Survive, and they're intrigued and they're asking questions, and they can't put it down. You know, they watch, they've been <laughs> watching it, and um, that's happening all over the world, and it's huge in America. Is it? I was thinking about this, Boopsy, because is it is it that ability to talk across cultures when it comes to a great sports documentary? For example, myself, and actually my wife, who you know is into her big passion is New Zealand ballet, but Formula One, here we come, we're hooked. I'm not really hooked on it, but I, it's interesting because I have friends I didn't know liked it at all, and then they're like, "Bye, I'm going to this place in Europe in July for the Formula One." And so it's interesting how I think it's just one of those things people might like to travel for. Um, I grew up watching it in Long Beach. They have a Long Beach Grand Prix. And all Mm. I remember is watching the cars go in circles. But it was something to do. So um, I could see the drive. But, yeah, it's not something I follow regularly. But I could see how people like to travel to those things to see them. You'd know that Long Beach circuit, Benjamin? Uh, yes, yes, that's quite a while ago. Um, I had the privilege of going to, uh, to watch the Grand Prix in Indianapolis in 2005, I think it was. And um, look, go, go to any Grand Prix and it's, it's, you know, it's next level. It's exciting. The cars uh, are just phenomenal. And, um, and the crowds that they're getting there now, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great occasion. You, you go along not being a Formula One fan and get quite taken with it all because they have, they have plenty of entertainment on. I, I fortunately had the opportunity to go to the Singapore Grand Prix last year and um, I couldn't get over the number of young people that were there. Yeah. And it, it's a big package, that, including the racing. You know, there's food stores and music and uh, just everything. It's just it's a, it's a festival with, with, with the racing. Andrew, uh, let's bring you in. But first, I just want to say some breaking news just come through the wires. Simon Powell, the CEO of TVNZ, has resigned and will finish at the end of the financial year. All right, uh, Andrew Hogard, uh, have you seen the series? Are you a fan at all of Formula One? Have you ever watched it? Um, I think I have watched it in the past. Uh, no, I haven't watched the series. Um, I, yeah, most motorsport, I don't really get that. It's probably too long for me. Um, yep. Short attention span. But, you know, in terms of the bucket list, that would be attending one of those premier sort of Formula One being there in person just for the the spectacle and the the sort of ambience, um, yeah, it's definitely on the bucket list. Uh, someone says IndyCar is uh, more fun to watch with DRS. Three Kiwis now too, absolutely. Uh, New Zealand is doing very well. And Andrew says, oh, Long Beach, gosh, uh, that was awesome. Uh, what I also love, Benjamin, about the series and also about Formula One is, you know, New Zealand, uh, how Aotearoa has really made their stamp front and centre. You've got those um, wonderful orange McLaren cars. Yes, and not only that, four of the drivers in the current Formula One field have raced here in New yeah. Zealand in the Toyota Racing Series. Lance Stroll and both Lando Norris have won the New Zealand Grand Prix and the Toyota Racing Series. So that, for a number of years, there have been some really strong connections outside of that McLaren uh, Formula One team as well. 
Very, very good. Yes, quite a bit of a response uh, here. I was a big fan of F1 of the late 80s and 90s, says uh, Andrew. Uh, Benjamin, very nice to have you on the programme. Kia ora. Thank you very much, Wallace. That's Benjamin Carroll there from uh, Talk uh, Motorsport, although here's one. Formula One is one of the most boring things around. Uh, a lot of people coming through with their cell phone. My first cell phone I had as a farmer was a Motorola brick, which was about six inches long with a four-inch antenna sticking out of the top. Mighty phone with reception and battery life second to none. And the best thing about it was that all I did on it was... Call people. No text and no internet. So we discussed that at 4.25. Uh, what was the first cell phone you had? And can you recall the days before other cell phone? It's time for I've been thinking. Boopsy Moran, what's your IBT? You take it away. Well, I've just come out of the cave that is the 291 pages of the additional um, draft budget. And I think... You read it. Yeah, I read every page and Woo-hoo. I... From the cheat sheet version, my I've been thinking came up, which was, um, why aren't our draft consultation public documents more written in plain English? Because an example from the shortened 12-page version was, we proposed to partially prioritize $10.5 million of additional bus service expenditure that was planned to be funded by the Climate Action Targeted Rate, CATR, for 2023-2024. And imagine reading 219 pages of that, 291 pages of that. So does anyone out there in Aotearoa have a similar story where they're trying to read a draft consultation form and it's not in plain English? Because it's really hard to give back feedback when you don't know what you're looking at. Um, that's my thoughts. And I could imagine too, um, Boopsy, it because uh, you do it on behalf of groups that, you know, want... Um, Access, I guess, to yeah, I, I, I find out. a joy in because di- di- I speak a few languages and I've worked in community engagement. I I like um, pe- helping people make informed decisions, but it should be easier. It's quite a talent. It's actually a real talent to be able to sit down with a three hundred page um, or uh, council document and decode it for others. Um, do you enjoy it? I, I enjoy. I had a friend who called and said, "Can you help me?" And I said, "Yes, please." And we spent forty minutes working through um, their ward. And they would ask a question and I would tell them what it means. But I think it would, my job would be easier as a community helper advocate if there was infographics that made sense. Um, it was shortened. And it's almost like they're trying to get things past that they don't want you to know about because you're reading it. But Do you're, you think? It feels like that sometimes. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Very good. Uh, Andrew Hargard, I've been thinking. Yeah. So um, last week I was over in Chicago and I guess... For me, the sort of since I got back on the weekend, the sort of thing I thought about was, you know, I went there with the expectations of, I guess, crime-riddled city, everyone up in arms about Trump and Republican versus Democrat. And to be honest, it was a big city, um, very impressive skyscrapers, but you know, everyone was just going about their life, and um, same as here in New Zealand. So, you know, it just you know another example of you know people around the world we're more common than what we we possibly think we are and um yeah that was sort of apart from getting over jet lag that was sort of uh-huh. what i took away from it well when i saw you i've been thinking andrew the first thing i thought was i'm very envious i've long wanted to go to chicago as a, a person who loves architecture it's a great oh. great architecture city as i understand you've got that wonderful yeah, it is. is it anish kapoor anish kapoor bean sculpture books you'd know yeah, I, I went there oh, specifically. I saw the bean sculpture. Yeah? Did you like yeah, it? Um, but the buildings were, oh, yeah, I was very impressed with the building, the skyscrapers they had there that, you know, I think that was made around the 
30s and 40s, some of the, the old st- style ones. Um, just really impressive. Yeah, I described to Wallace that it reminded me of, funnily enough, Dunedin. I said, oh, when I think of Chicago, I think of it like Dunedin. So I don't know, you might be more familiar with Dunedin, but did well, you find that feeling? Yeah, Boopsy was saying, Andrew, that the skyscrapers are so high and so packed in that there is just absolutely no sunlight, unlike, say, Central Park, where you do have that uh, that open space where the sun can get in. Did you, did you find that at all? Um. I guess the one the streets I walk down, yeah, looking down them, you can still see the sunlight. But yeah, it is very much you've got that narrow strip, yeah. and then yeah, to the side of you, it was sort of blocked in. I did go up to the top of the Sears Tower or the Willis Tower. Which oh, did is, you? Yeah, but unfortunately, it was cloudy. Um, I should have looked outside before I paid the money um, to go up there to see that I couldn't actually see anything. Um, so yeah, but it was bloody interesting anyway. Very good. All right. Uh, that is Andrew Hargard's trip to Chicago. I would love to go there. It's on my list one day. I'll get there. You've been there a couple of times, Boopsie, haven't you? Yeah, it's good they have that new flight. I definitely found it hard and tricky, but yeah, it's a great place to fly into. It's not quite as far as New York. Here's one. Back in the day, there were no phones. Very few had landlines. Friends would make a plan at school, and that would mean we would all catch the bus at a certain time. Our parents were not involved, and they, were, they never, ever picked us up. Mm. You're on the panel on RNZ National. Lost to discuss this afternoon. Do stay with us here till 5pm.